No matter what circumstances you're in, no matter what struggles you have, no matter how rebellious you are being or someone else is being or whatever's going on in the world, remember God himself described himself as gracious, compassionate, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness. So if you're in a place of suffering and you're, if you're in a place of pain, if you're in a place of struggle, remember God says that this is who he is. Could you have the faith to believe that that is how God sees you and that is how God treats you and that is what God's heart is for you is that he is slow to anger, that he's compassionate, that he's gracious, that he is rich in love. The Lord is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and rich in love. Isn't that a wonderful truth? for us to put into the front of our minds today as we explore what God has for us, as we look into truth for our feelings. Today we're exploring truth for our feelings when we feel angry. Hello and welcome to How to Study the Bible. I'm Nicole, your host. Really glad to be here with you discovering God's Word together. And we're doing that through a little mini series that we're wrapping up today where we're talking about our feelings and what do we do when we feel confused? What do we do when we feel scared? What do we do when we feel angry? And today we're going to talk about what we do when we feel angry. But before we get into that, I want to remind you that starting next week, I am so excited about this. We are going to be studying the book of Romans together for the entire fall. So starting next week, all the way through right before Christmas, we are going to be in Romans 1 through 16, one chapter a week. If you've just desired to go deeper, if you want to ground yourself in the truth of the, the whole story of scripture and how Jesus truly is this linchpin, this pivot, this um, cornerstone of our entire faith and how that connects to the Old Testament and the New Testament and then what we do about it, how we live out our lives. That's really the message of the letter to the Romans uh, written by Paul, the Apostle Paul. And we're going to learn so much together and really enjoy it. And in order to um, elevate that experience with one another, we've put together some reading plans. We have a Facebook group where there's already people um, starting to connect and introduce each other and get connected and encouraged. So if you want to be a part of any of that extra stuff, so the podcast, of course, will be going on. But if you want to jump in for some additional uh, support and get that reading planned for that whole 16 weeks, then come on over to NicoleUnis.com slash Romans, NicoleUnis.com slash Romans, and it's in your show notes as well. You can click right through to there and we'll get you on a list so that you get an email once a week that gets you ready for that study. Um, and I am really excited. There's already so many of you that have jumped in. We are going to have a great time. So that starts next week. Tell your friends, tell your small group, get all your people together, and we'll be studying Romans together. Okay. So before we get into Romans, we are going to get into just a little lesson, I would say. Um, Our lesson today is on how we discover encouragement in God's word um, when we might have a particular situation that we are seeking God for, okay? So in that particular situation, and today it's going to be anger, and what I want to talk about is how you might do a little topical study when you need one. So we usually, as you know, I always encourage you to be somewhere in scripture, be reading in scripture, but sometimes you may come to a place where you're like, man, I just need to dive deeper into this one topic. So the way we're going to do that, I 
I'm just going to walk you through um, a way of discovering a little bit more topically. And so what I used is BibleStudyTools.com, which is a part of this Life Audio family. And this is a free uh, website that you can search and study all kinds of ways in Scripture. And you can read different translations and you can read some commentary on different verses. So it's just a really easy go-to software for um, doing a topical study. You can also use your study Bible. If you have a study Bible, in the very back of that study Bible, there's going to be several pages um, alphabetized. I mean, by several, I mean like hundreds, where there's going to be a word and you can search that word. So we're going to search anger today and you can look it up in the back of your Bible and you're going to find a listing of all of these verses that have the word anger in them. Now, does it mean they're going to all immediately apply to what you're looking for? No, but it is going to give you a quick survey across the board of when is anger talked about, how is anger talked about, and that's going to give you a little bit of a sense of shaping your um your question, what that question might be that you have about anger. Maybe you're wondering, is anger a sin? Maybe you're wondering, man, in this world that we're in right now, it feels like anger is a real thing that I'm experiencing or that I'm seeing in other people. What do we do with it? You know, so you might be asking the question, is God angry? So whatever that question is, when you go to that topical study, it's going to give you a little bit of a survey. It is going to be a treasure hunt. You're not going to necessarily find exactly what you're looking for. You're going to have to kind of just be open-minded, open-hearted to see what comes as you study with your concordance. So I like to do that in this particular case online because it's easier to kind of see the full verse that's using the word anger in it. And so that's what I did for today's study. The first thing I did, what's our first question in, um, you know, in the alive method is what does it say? So I'm just like, okay, what does the Bible say about anger? So I go online and I search BibleStudyTools.com and then I just put anger in that top box that says, okay, I'm going to find those verses in the Bible. So the first thing that I'm going to find is that there's 255 verses that have the word anger in them. So, okay, maybe this isn't going to take me 15 minutes, but if you just start skimming through, the first thing that you're going to notice is that, especially in the Old Testament, God's anger is talked about a lot. The word anger is used with God a lot. And that's a whole thing, right? Okay, so that's something to that we would might want to explore, we might want to discover a little bit more. But if I went a little bit further, what happens right away is that I start to notice that there's a sentence, a phrase that's used over and over and over again. It starts in Exodus and it continues through into the Psalms. It's in Ecclesiastes. It's in Nehemiah. There's other places that it is, but I'm, that's just some of them that I'm going to call out. And it's the same exact phrasing used over and over again. So here's a little tip. Anything that's repeated is going to be important. So yes, of course, all those other narratives where we see this concept of God's anger being shown are important, but they're all in a story. They're all embedded within a story. So we would want to explore that story, right? Because remember, what does it say? What's the backstory? We're going to want to understand more. But for today's purposes, what drew my eye was use the same phrase is used over and over again. And when something is repeated, it has priority in scripture. So if I'm just doing my first search on anger, then I need to sort of skim through the other stuff and be like, okay, the thing that's repeated multiple times is going to be the most important thing for me to know. Okay. So here it is, Exodus 34, verse 6. 
And he, meaning God, passed in front of Moses, proclaiming, The Lord, the Lord, the compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness. So in my notes, I immediately noted, this is what God says about himself. Like when he passes in front of Moses, this is how he describes himself, okay? Psalm 145, verse 8. The Lord is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger, and rich in love. Psalm 103, verse 8. The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love. Psalm 86, 15. But you, Lord, are a compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness. Nehemiah 9, verse 17. But you are a forgiving God, gracious and compassionate, slow to anger, and abounding in love. So as I look through this topical study and I see times where God's anger is described, right, in whatever's happening, generally it's connected with his holiness, it's connected with the people's rebellion. However, when I go and just do a quick survey, the first thing I'm going to notice is that God himself describes himself as slow to anger. Now, some people would say, wait, how can God get angry? God is a holy God. God doesn't sin. How could anger be in there? But there is where we're uncovering, right? Something really important. Because if you're thinking that right now, then somewhere you probably have picked up or have been taught that anger itself is a sin. Okay, so the first thing we're going to see is what does it say about God? Well, the first thing that we see is it says that God is slow to anger, that God is compassionate and gracious, who's rich in love. So anything else we read, we want to interpret, and I would encourage you all through your life to do this, no matter what circumstances you're in, no matter what struggles you have, no matter how rebellious you are being or someone else is being or whatever's going on in the world, remember God himself described himself as gracious, compassionate, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness. If you see someone out there who is representing God, not like that in the way that they speak, in the way that they act, in the way that they teach or preach, it is not of God. Like God himself describes himself as entering in and engaging with the world from this perspective, from this character, okay? So we've got that that we can hold out there, and that's a beautiful truth. That's like enough for today is no matter what, interpret this. Like this is who God is. This is who God says he is. So when you have a gap between uh, what you're experiencing and who God says he is, you defer to God. So if you're in a place of suffering and you're, if you're in a place of pain, if you're in a place of struggle, remember, God says that this is who he is. Could you have the faith to believe that that is how God sees you and that is how God treats you? And that is what God's heart is for you, is that he is slow to anger, that he's compassionate, that he's gracious, that he is rich in love. And boy, what faith it takes sometimes in our darkest times to say, yes, God, I believe that is who you are. Now we're going to keep looking at our survey. We've got all those 255 verses on anger. We're skimming through them. And as I began to skim, the first thing that stood out, right, is this repeated phrase about God. The second thing that stood out is what it says about people, what the Bible says about people when it comes to anger. So let me pull a few of those for you. Proverbs 15, verse 1. A gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. Ecclesiastes 7, verse 9. Do not be quickly provoked in your spirit, 
for anger resides in the lap of fools. Ephesians 4, verse 26. In your anger, do not sin. In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry. James 1, verse 19 through 20. My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Okay, so in my notes, I wrote human anger. And then I went back through these verses and said, okay, what do these verses say about human anger? A harsh word will stir up anger. That's what it says in Proverbs 15, right? It says, don't be quickly provoked in Ecclesiastes, meaning don't be quick to offense. Is this a message we all need to hear right now? Don't be so quick to be offended that someone would have a different opinion, a different perspective would be foolish in the way that they're living their life. Don't be so offended by others. Ephesians 4, in your anger, do not sin. Okay, so that's implying you will get angry, but don't let that anger lead to sin, okay? And then James 1, be quick to listen, be slow to speak, be slow. And then we've got this really important principle, right? It's just right there for us. We don't really need to interpret it. Human anger does not produce righteousness. (laughs) Like that is a really important thing because God's anger is different than human anger. Human anger does not produce righteousness. So we want to know that. Now you might be saying, well, Nicole, if human anger does not produce righteousness, why would I even, why would anger be okay at all? And what I would say about that is, let's look at our notes, okay? So I went back through and I'm asking that question, okay, what's the backstory? What's the backstory here? What do we need to know context-wise? The truth of the matter is the context is going to be small. Like it's not as important right here. Now, if we were interpreting God's anger when it says that God is angry, we would definitely need to understand what's happening. But a lot of these verses that I've brought to you are just pretty cut and dry. Like they're they're pretty clear, right? They can We can go right to principles to understand. But there's one that I want to bring to your attention back in Ephesians 4. It's that whole in your anger, do not sin concept. And as I was looking at that, I went and looked at my study notes. And in my study notes, right in my Bible, it took me to Psalm 4. And so I went and flipped to Psalm 4. And this is so interesting, okay? So Psalm 4, verse 4, says, tremble and do not sin when you are on your beds search your hearts and be silent. So I'm thinking, why is the Bible connecting me to Psalm 4, 4 from this James, or I'm sorry, from this Ephesians verse? And I looked a little deeper in the study notes. And as I read the rest of Psalm 4, what an interesting concept. It says, answer me, God. It's, it's like the psalmist is saying, like, I'm so distressed. Have mercy on me. And then he's saying, how long will you let people who are against you be against me? Like, why are you not coming to my aid? And so why, why are you letting people prosper who are evil and all of this like strong emotion? And then in that verse four, it says, don't let your anger or your fear lead you to sin, right? Tremble in your beds, be silent and search your hearts. So this is this, uh, the backstory here is this concept that our anger has something to teach us and that we're encouraged in scripture to search our hearts and be silent before God and let that anger come to him and let that anger instruct us so we know what's behind it. 
And so often anger is really a secondary emotion. There's, there's a, it's covering a different emotion. Our anger is a strong, powerful force that often helps us feel stronger, even when we ourselves do not feel stronger. Oftentimes before, behind our anger is fear. Behind our anger is insecurity. Behind our anger can be pride, where we want to say, hey, I want the world to work a certain way. And I am angry or frustrated or resentful that it's not working the way that I want it to. Behind our anger can be that fear. I'm terrified of what might happen and it's making me feel controlling. And in that control, I'm irritated. I'm snapping at people. So what God's calling us to in his word is actually to search our hearts before him, to understand what's behind that anger, and then to come to him. It says in verse five, offer the sacrifices of the righteous and trust in the Lord. We're called to come to him, to search our hearts, to be silent before him, to allow the spirit of God to inform us and instruct us about what might be happening in our anger. Because as it says in James, human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Okay. So in the alive method, we move to the third question. What does it mean? Okay. What does it mean? What are we going to take out of this quick survey of anger in scripture about God and about ourselves? So here's a couple of principles that I wrote. Again, there's lots of principles here, but they're very uh, clear here. They're, They're pretty much written out for us. We don't have to do as much digging to get to them. So the first one is this, God is slow to anger. That's just, we just need to know that. If you've been carrying around this idea that God is just waiting to punish you, he's just, he's just up there. He's just a, a holy principle who's looking at all of your behavior and just waiting to strike out and punish you. That is not in line with what this scripture has told us again and again. Now, does that mean that God doesn't discipline us? No. Does it, does that mean that there's not consequences for sin? Absolutely not. But if you're carrying around this idea that God is a wrathful God who's like looking to strike you down or others, then you you may want to relook at these passages. And there is a lot, there's a lot more to read and a lot more to see about how God deals with his people, right? But what we want to know, the thing that's repeated for us again and again and again, the thing that God says about himself is that the heart of God is slow to anger. Okay, second principle, God's anger and human anger aren't the same thing, okay? So we pull that because it says in James, it's not it's not the same thing, right? Human anger is not the same as God's anger. And so we need to keep that in mind. He, even how we read about God's anger, even how we experience it is not going to be the same as human anger because as we know, human anger does not produce righteousness, okay? God's anger would always have to lead to righteousness because he's perfect, majestic, holy. He, there is ways that God works that are higher than our ways that we may not understand. Okay. So we're going to hold that. And then finally, what does it mean? Anger is not the sin, but it can lead to sin, right? Because it says in Ephesians 4, in your anger, do not sin. Meaning anger itself, the feeling is not the sin, but it can lead to sin. Okay. So there's got to be room in our hearts for anger. We know from the Psalms that maybe there's a place to say, the place to bring that anger is to God. And we've got to ask, okay, what does this mean for me? How do I understand my anger? How do I engage with it? Have I been carrying false beliefs about who God is that I may want to release to him and ask him to show me um, this part, this characteristic of himself that is rich in love, that is slow to anger, all the things he says in his word? So here's a couple questions for you as we wrap up for what does this mean for you today? 
First question, since anger is a natural reaction, what's my plan for dealing appropriately with it? Okay. Since your anger is a natural reaction, it is an emotional reaction. God created you with emotions. Those emotions include anger. So since that is a natural reaction, what's your plan for dealing appropriately with it? What are you going to do when you feel your heart rate go up, when you feel frustrated, when you just feel heat come to your face and you know that your body is responding and reacting in anger? What is your plan to deal with it? What I would encourage you to do is that in the moment, one of the best ways that you can deal with anger is to make sure that you get out of that triggered state. And one of the ways that you can do that is just breathing deeply in through your nose and releasing it through your mouth. I know this is not in the Bible. This is just a little extra Nicole Eunice bonus. You can breathe deeply through your nose, release it through your mouth, get yourself out of that heightened state. Later, I want to encourage you to look back at that moment and be like, when I snapped at my preschooler, or when I got so frustrated when I was driving, what was going on with me? Because God says, in your beds, be silent before me. Search your hearts. Understand what's underneath that anger. Are you frustrated at the world? Are you frustrated at God? Are you scared? Are you insecure? Bring those things to God. He can use that moment, that natural reaction, to help you go deeper in your own confession, in your requests of God, what you need from God, so you can use that as a, as a response. The second question, how am I, how am I at releasing anger? Because we know it says in scripture, in your anger, do not sin. Don't let the sun go down when you're angry. Now, you can still have an issue that you need to deal with. Let's say you get into a fight with your spouse. You guys have stuff that you need to deal with, but there's a big difference between dealing with your stuff and harboring anger. So you can release the anger and still need to deal with your stuff. You don't have to necessarily deal with every part of that argument in one day. That's not what the scripture is saying. What the scripture is saying is don't let anger get a foothold in your heart. Don't let bitterness be the way that you end the day. So how are you at releasing anger? What might you need to confess to God about how you release anger? What might you need to request from God when it comes to your anger? If you know that you are just idling at a low level of frustration, especially in your home, especially in your marriage or with your children or with your parents or with your annoying, you know, whatever issues have you're going have going on with your brothers or your sisters or your cousins or your neighbors, you know, the people in our life. If you're harboring a low-lying frustration, how are you at releasing? What do you need to confess to God? What do you need to request from God? Perhaps you need more of his compassion in your heart. Perhaps you need God to do a work so that you might forgive. Perhaps you need God's protection or your, his courage so that you might have healthy boundaries in those relationships. So go to God. How am I releasing my anger? Am I harboring anger? Am I carrying resentment, frustration, irritation towards a certain person or people? Am I carrying frustration or resentment toward God because life isn't the way that I wanted it to be? All of that, we can go like the Psalm says, be silent in your beds. Search your heart before God. What do you need to confess what do you need to request? And remember, our God, our God is so gracious and compassionate, slow to anger, and rich in love. Thanks, everyone, for joining me this week. I'm so looking forward to our kickoff of Romans next week. I will talk with you then. Thanks for listening to How to Study the Bible with Nicole Eunice, a production of LifeAudio.com and the Salem Web Network. 
This episode was produced by Kelly Givens and our executive producer, Stephen McGarvey, and edited by Stephen Sanders. If you enjoyed what you heard today, we'd love for you to head over to your favorite podcast app and leave us a review. It really does help people find us. To learn more about Nicole, you can check out her website at NicoleEunice.com. Her book on how to study the Bible is called Help, My Bible is Alive. And you can find a link to that, plus a link to Nicole's site in today's show notes. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for working everything out for my good. Help me trust in your perfect plan. Amen. Father, thank you for loving and caring for me. With Christian prayer meditation, you can pray along to prayers based on specific topics. Go to lifeaudio.com or search your favorite podcast app for Christian prayer meditation. You can also download the Abide app for biblical meditations at abide.com. Dot com.